Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And welcome back into the Lunch Pail NFL Draft Cast. Jacob, it is draft week, my friend. <laughs> it is time. It is draftmas. It's I don't think that's a thing, but I'm making it a thing um, because everyone loves this damn draft. You know, well, football fans love it. And today we have probably by far what I would consider our most interesting episode in terms of we're doing quarterbacks, running backs, so the offensive backfield, and then the guys who split out wide. And those are the wide receivers, obviously. But this class is, is kind of different at the top. We're, we'll open up with the quarterbacks in that. I'm not sure about you, Jacob, but I personally don't have a single first-round grade on any quarterback in this class. And I know that's heresy to some. Like, you know, I, we'll get into it here a little bit. But I want to start off by saying, how you doing this afternoon? Are you excited that it's draft week? Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> excited, uh, nervous, a little bit of stress going on. I can't even lie with just how much stuff there is going on. But uh, it's an exciting time for sure. You know, I live for it, uh, and it's a great time. And for what it's worth, I'm just going to point out, I don't have a first-round grade on any of these QBs either. Uh, I do have two guys in my top 30 that we'll get to. Uh, we obviously won't touch as much on the quarterbacks because, I mean, the, generally most of the people listening to this, I'm assuming, are Bears fans. So you don't need right. to know as much about quarterbacks. You've already got Justin Fields on the roster. But, yeah, no, I do have two guys that I think could be solid starters. One of them especially has really good upside, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's nearly as good as what we've been used to seeing at the quarterback position. Right, so you say what the, the one guy that has pretty good upside. Let's start off with the guy that I'm assuming you have as quarterback one, because I actually think our quarterback rankings differ. I haven't showed you mine. You haven't showed me yours. But I, I'm curious if do we have a difference at the top. Yeah, so my QB one's Malik Willis out of Liberty. Uh, they are I, different. <laughs> I mean, I, I – I totally get if people have reservations on Willis. I think that he's, you know, very much a work in progress. And if you're looking for someone to start day one in this class, I wouldn't suggest him as the guy. I just think he is the highest ceiling by a country mile. I think you're looking at someone with a, you know, a good arm and someone with elite athletic ability. Uh, and I think he's shown flashes of very good accuracy down the field. It's just a matter of, can he make the right decisions? Can he learn to, you know, maybe not trust his arm as much as he does and be willing to accept the check down, be willing to, you know, go through his progressions, look past his first read. Uh, but I think that if you're able to refine that, which admittedly is a tall task, I think you're looking at a very high ceiling, like borderline pro bowl type of guy, uh, just because of how game breakingly athletic he is. Forget just, you know, running backs in general. I think Malik Willis might be the best ball carrier in this class. And that's including running backs, including wide receivers. 
It's certainly possible when you look at like the ability he has when he gets loose. Like he, and he's not like, he's not overly tall, but he almost does have the build of like a thicker running back. I want to say he tips the scales around 220 pounds and he's not looking to like to run out of bounds. He, he wants to finish the run and get more out of it. But what I worry, worry about personally with Willis is, and I know it's easy to kind of overcorrect on height and everything, but it's not just the eye test. It's the analytics. It's the, it's the, it's the graphs showing he doesn't throw to the middle of the field. That's a height thing. That's not uh, okay. So I should say, in my opinion, it's a height thing. It could be simply just, that's not what they asked him to do. Now, are they not asking him to do it because he physically can't do it? Or are they not asking him to do it because that's not what the offense calls for? That I don't know the answer to because I'm not in the coaching staff. I'm not in those meeting rooms. I'm not within the team itself at Liberty. So while I agree he probably has the largest ceiling, I also feel like he probably has the most massive bust potential. So, which I get, gamble on the tools. I did, I've been you know, flip-flopping the number one quarterback in this class in my personal rankings, but I, I, I'm settled. It's Desmond Ritter for me out of Cincinnati. It's not sexy, but the way I, I evaluated him, it's like he's a bit robotic in terms of you can tell when he's like re, recalibrating himself in the pocket that he's thinking, oh, don't do this, don't do that. Like you can tell he's re, refixing himself based off of coaching. He's he's received on the side or, or with his own personal quarterback coaching. I like his arm. I think he's got a, he doesn't have Malik Willis arm. Malik Willis might have one of the best arms to come out in a couple of years. And we're including yet last year with like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Like he's got a cannon attached to that right arm, but um, I think he's got, I also, I like his ability that he, he changes his arm angles. Well, and he's competitor. Like he, He's almost like I think his biggest issue is he's paralysis by overanalysis. He's consistently and always just like this is what I have to do. This is what coach says I have to do. This is what the progression says I have to do. He doesn't deviate very much, and I think that that almost cripples him to an extent. I also think he is a better athlete. He tested as a much better athlete than I even thought he would, and he could run a little bit, which could be a, a value at the next level. He does tend to hang on to, tar- to hang on to his reads a little bit, but he's who I have number one in this class. And he, like a late, if like if you're comfortable with him, I guess take him in the late first. But I wouldn't take him before like 35. Like that's where I would start. But you know, quarterbacks always get pushed up the board because they're quarterbacks. That's the nature of them. Who 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 do you got next? I mean, I, I don't even know if you have him as quarterback two in this class. I I, I just don't know what you're ranking yeah yeah so i don't have ritter as my qb2 uh full disclosure i have him as qb4 right now and (laughs) (laughs) and normally i notice you know we're pretty you know we tend to value generally a lot of the same things in certain positions our rankings aren't too far off from each other but qb you know i can already tell we have a lot of variance in where we have guys ranked it's just a matter of what you prefer at the position so i do like ritter uh, I think that he's shown significant improvement for me, uh, you know, from uh, last year to this year, at least in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. But, you know, this is also me saying that 
I don't feel as confident with my QB rankings as it did last year, simply because I didn't need to do as much homework on them. So, and I'm sure that's the same with you. Like we yeah. haven't really had the need to because the bears have a quarterback. Right. Then who's your QB two then Jacob? Yeah, so my QB two is Kenny Pickett out of pit. So see, I uh, have him at like quarterback four, I think. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, there you go. It's obviously, you know, the same like top five or six, just in completely different orders. You know, it's probably right. what it ends up being. But I I like Pickett. I don't love Pickett. I think that the grade that I have on him admittedly might be swayed a little bit with recency bias in terms of what I've seen with Mac Jones in the NFL. And, you know, that's something that uh, time will tell, you know, is Kenny Pickett going to be able to replicate some sort of that level of success or is Mac Jones being elevated by playing with Bill Belichick playing under Bill Belichick and is Kenny Pickett if he lands in a you know much inferior situation is he going to struggle because in the past I mean and I still do because I mean I have Malik Willis QB1 uh, I tend to prioritize some of those physical traits uh, in terms of the arm strength the athletic ability and you know just the flashes of accuracy that you show uh, I, I obviously have stock in, you know, decision-making and mechanics and stuff like that. But when, when I, see- I wonder, I, so one of my biggest fears with quarterbacks is the seeing ghosts thing. And I wonder if Pickett's already seeing them because Pitt did it their best to get him killed in his time there. Yeah. And so I think that's a pretty big thing to overcome. And I know it's easy to laugh at, but the eight and a half inch hands, man, that, there's never been a quarterback in recent years that wasn't Michael Vick to be a starter and have those size hands. It sounds goofy, but that matters. Like it just does. And he's not Vick as an athlete. Vick's arguably the best athlete to ever play that position. So it's like, (laughs) and you already see it popping up. He fumbled, I think 38 or 40 times in his college career. So there's that. Yeah, no. And I think that the hand size and generally I feel like people do overreact. Like when Burrow came in with like, you know, just okay sized hands, I thought, okay, that's, that's a bunch of crap. You know, he's still over the nine inch threshold, like who cares? But with Piggott, you know, it is something to consider because he's below the the minimum that is generally accepted to be a QB uh, starting QB in the league. But, uh, and I think that his arms just okay. I think mechanics, he's shown some promise, but, you know, he's still a bit of a work in progress. I think he's a sound decision maker, though. I think he has good natural touch with the ball and just in terms of his placement and his ability to lead receivers open. I, sure. think he's a, I think he's a better athlete than people give him credit for. He's no Malik Willis, that's for sure. He's, I, don't, I don't even think he's a Desmond Ritter, but I do think he's as, you know, subtle mobility and good overall speed uh, in the open field, you know, just for the QB position. Uh, and I don't know what Pickett's going to be in the league. I think that he's a solid starter. I don't think he's ever going to be great, but I think in this QB class, having someone who could be a solid starter, I think will be valued a lot more than say, if it would have been last year when you have a handful of guys with like pro bowl potential. So that's just where I'm on him. That's a, so I guess that we've covered Pickett pretty well. I'll, I'll, I'll move forward. My quarterback three, who um, maybe we this is where we start to align it. It's Sam Howell for me, and I, I, I have full disclosure flipped these rankings around 
more times than I care to think about because I feel like you have to just go back and when you watch one, you almost have to go back and watch someone else again. Like, where do I feel like you fit? But how is where I settled as quarterback three? And I know a couple of years ago, he really came into his own as like this next phenom coming in out of North Carolina. Like he, he came out like gangbusters as a freshman, but something I really liked about how is, um, he, he probably is the best deep ball thrower in this class. Um, and I think we saw that more when he had Daz Newsom and Diami Brown last year. Like he struggled, but that's where I come to where I maybe have a knock on him. Like he was more productive when he had more talent around him. Like great quarterbacks are supposed to elevate what's around him when he had Diami Brown and Daz Newsom and the, the pair of running backs that got drafted high last year. Like he, he was more productive and, and understandably so, but the fall off shouldn't be what it was. It was the same thing I knocked Jordan Love for a few years ago when he came out of Utah State when he was great as a junior. Then all of a sudden he locked Stax Raymond and the running back from, who went, who got drafted by Kansas City, Darwin um, oh, Thompson. 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 It, it, and like all of a sudden he lost his NFL talent and he kind of fell off. Like that shouldn't be that big. You should be able to develop with the younger guys that are at your program. So I also like that he's a bit of a gamer. You can tell he's really, he's really like competitive. He, you know, and it's, I know it sounds lazy because he's the white guy with a beard and mustache, but he almost reminds me of Baker a little bit. Yeah. I think, I think the velocity's a little bit better, but like, even like how he throws, like the more long, like reach back and put your whole ass into it release. Like he just kind of reminds me a bit of Baker not, not, not that it's a bad thing. I think he's going to – I think he should potentially become a middling starter in this league, much like Baker. But, again, I wouldn't take that in the first round, which is the issue with this class. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't do that either. Uh, and I, I definitely see the Baker comparisons, you know, in the frame too. Like Howell's a bit shorter, but he's stocky. He's not like this – I wouldn't necessarily call him undersized because he's got some bulk to him. He's, you know, strong enough he could – afford to take it one six six one and a half something like that he's not i mean he's not huge yeah he's not like kyler murray short but he's not huge by any means for the qb position he's just and he the other big knock on how i noticed if his first he is what i've lovingly termed since bryce petty came out of uh uh, out of baylor years ago he's a one read bum if his first read isn't there he's not (laughs) making the next read so that's a big issue too that you got to work with them on. Moving forward, who we, are we in lockstep QB QB three? No. <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! All right. So my QB three, and I feel dirty doing this because everything about him screams, "Okay, this guy's probably going to be a bust." But if he works out, he could be really good, and that's Matt Corral from Ole Miss. I had Matt Corral as high as three, but I can't get over the injury issues. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I totally I, get I that. I can't do it. I mean, and you're looking at a guy who, you know, he's had the injury issues, uh, and I think that just from he, – he has some of that gunslinger mentality. Uh, I think he has the weaknesses that Zach Wilson had, and we've seen how Zach Wilson has, you know, fared at least as a rookie. I mean, time will tell exactly what uh, he's able to do when he develops a bit more and learns the, continues to learn the offense. but. I think he Corral has a lot of the weaknesses, a lot of the same strengths, but I don't think that the strengths are necessarily to the same level. 
Like, I think Corral has a very good arm and he has the flick of the wrist motion that I love. I don't think it's as good as Wilson's though. I think that Corral is also, you know, he's a good athlete. Wilson might be a little bit better. The flashes that he, uh, that Wilson showed as a deep ball thrower might be a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I think you're looking at someone with at least a similar playing style to Zach Wilson. And I, I don't know because I, I I actually like his, I I actually love the moxie he plays with. He's not afraid of anything, but that's also, he is small. He's slight. Like for all the things we said about Sam Howell, he's not built like that. He's really frail almost. Like he's got to put some weight on if he continues to play like that. I guess another worry I have is Lane Kiffin's very RPO heavy at Ole Miss. I wonder how that translate being that RPO heavy to the NFL. Like the last time I believe we had this heavy an RPO passer was Justin Herbert coming out, but I had Herbert as quarterback one his year he came out because of physical traits. You the things Herbert did in his size, you can't teach. Corral doesn't have that. Yeah, no, and I think that in this QB class, I kind of feel dirty having certain players as high as where I have them. It's just a matter of what do I prioritize more? Is it physical traits or, you know, a higher floor? And I'm taking the shot on the physical traits when I know, you know, I know damn well that there's a chance Corral busts out. There's a chance Malik Willis busts out, but I do have them a bit higher because of the upside they bring. So it's really just pick your poison. Uh, I'll, I'll just say, I'm glad that the bears don't have to uh, take a quarterback this year, at least not this draft. No kidding, man. No. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't feel super confident in that regard. So we've talked about how we talked about Ritter. We talked about Willis. We talked about Pickett. We talked about Corral. There's your consensus really top five in some order. Yeah. So I guess we should – I guess we'll touch each on one mid-round guy and one late-round guy that you like is just for whatever reason. Um, you okay if I go first or do you want to go first? Yeah, no, go right ahead. Uh, the mid round guy I kind of like, and it's just for nothing else of just, well, maybe, and that's, it's Bailey Zappi, which is like the complete opposite of the guy. I'm pretty sure you're picking. He's, you know, smart quarterback, pop gun arm. I, I want to say he transferred to Western Kentucky with the head coach after he got the job and threw for just absolute gaudy numbers. He, yeah, he uh, he uses his vision. He works top to top down, left to right. He he's got quick reactions. The ball gets out of his hands quickly. He is the quintessential, like almost like a game managing potential quarterback. Yeah. Like he, coaches want him on the field. You kind of brought up the Mac Jones comparison earlier. I kind of use him in that same regard, where coaches are going to be able to trust him because yeah. they he he's aware of his own limitations. So. That's my guy, I guess, if you wanted to pick someone in, like, the fourth or fifth round is, like, a developmental, like, maybe. But, again, don't really love him. He's got – when I say he's got a pop-gun arm, he does not have velocity when he throws. Yeah. He just doesn't. So, anyway, as you were, because I know you're probably going to the other end of the spectrum in terms of the arm strength, if I'm – if my intuition is correct. Yeah, so there's one guy I want to mention – Uh I guess I'll talk, we'll go, since we're doing mid-rounds and then late rounds, uh, I'll go mid-round guy. Uh, 
you know, I don't know where to put Carson Strong out of Nevada. <laughs> that's, that's exactly who I thought you were going to go with. <laughs> I, really, I really have no idea because, you know, there were talks about him going like round one. That's not going to happen. Uh, and everything about him, it's like, okay, he's not a great athlete. He has struggles with, you know, decision-making and just reading the field. Uh, and his mechanics are, you know, not amazing, but he's has a cannon of an arm and he's a big dude. So I think that I honestly have around three on him. Uh, I think a major work in progress. And I generally am not a big fan of taking a quarterback in that range just because I don't know. I don't feel like a lot of those day two guys, especially later on day two, really pan out. But I think if you're going to take a shot on anyone in that range, it's Carson Strong just because of the size and arm strength that he has. Uh, and, sure. you know, he's shown, he's shown promise in regards of his, uh, you know, just his anticipation, his ability to lead receivers. And I think it helped that he had Romeo Dubs and Cole Turner to throw to at Nevada. Uh, you know, I think those are two uh, weapons that are going to get drafted and you know, going up against Mountain West competition where maybe you don't see NFL caliber competition on every single team every week. But I think there's there's potential there. And for that alone, that would be my guy. Uh, I like Bailey Zapp a lot, too. Uh, I I think it's Zapp. I want to say it's Zapp. I've, oh, it's not I, Zappy? I thought it was Zappy. Oh, well, you know, there we are. I, I looked this up. I looked this up and I was – I. Oh, no, it's Zappy. It is Zappy. Look at that. I've been getting it wrong this whole time. <laughs> yeah, no, I like Zappy a lot, too. Uh, I think he goes like around right. that round four, round five range. But I, know, I hate that we're even doing this because this quarterback class is just so – leaves so much <laughs> to be desired. But my late-round guy, I, I loved him a couple years ago after his sophomore year. I actually thought he was going to be a first-round pick last year, and then he just yeah. kind of shit the bed, and, and it got worse, <laughs> and it got worse. Yeah. And I think if you followed me along on Twitter, which I know some of you have, some of you haven't, but Brock Purdy was my guy forever. Like I thought Brock was going to be, he was so much fun. He, he reminded me a little bit of Manziel with a better head on his shoulders. And then you realize he can't throw far. He's good in the pocket. He runs around. He has, he actually has a great feel for pressure, which is good at Iowa state because he was running for his life a lot of times, but he also did a lot of, a lot of boneheaded things at Iowa state in that same regard of running for his life where he's throwing when he shouldn't throw. It's like, dude, just get rid of the ball. Just get rid of the ball, throw it away. I'm going to just YOLO this thing into triple coverage. Cool. Why would you do that? Picked off. And it's like, then you turn on like the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma, Iowa state game this year. And it's like, you got both versions of him. You got Purdy carrying the Cyclones. And then you got Brock Purdy simultaneously losing you the game later on. It's like the (laughs) uttermost, infuriating thing of Brock and it's it's his career at Iowa State right that's the embodiment of it like just these highs and lows and there are certain things he can't understand I think he does have a role in this league almost like kind of like Chase Daniel where he's smart he's going to be a coach's dream because he's yes coach no coach put him in the quarterback room he's going to pick up the offense he's going to bust bust his butt for lack of a better term but Brock Purdy there's your late round guy that (laughs) I don't think he's ever a starter but I kind of like him whatever yeah, I mean, I, I was able to pick up pretty quickly. I know you've been a big Purdy guy for quite some time. Yeah. You know, it, it's the bane of my existence. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Caleb Ellaby out of Western Michigan. I think he's a guy that uh, I've I actually that. something that I do is you know I'll have my own evaluations 
you know, every once in a while, I'll go back and see what other people think, people that I consider to be better than myself, uh, which is, you know, a decent amount of people. Uh, but I. Hey, man, you just crossed over that 20,000 follower mark. Give yourself some credit. I know. I know. But still, you know, it's I I'm a learner. You know, I yeah, still don't know. All? Yeah, I still don't know nearly as much about the game as I'd like to know. I know more than I do. Dude, I, used I feel to. like every year, like I, every year, like for instance, like we did our offensive line episode to start off this year. And it's yeah. like every year I feel like I'm tweaking my offensive line evaluation techniques. And I just feel like I never quite get it. Like, so. Yeah. yeah no, anyway, no, continue. I, I totally get that. And, you know, that, that brings me to the point that I've seen people say Caleb Ellaby doesn't have a great arm, which. I'm not sure I agree with. I think he's got some good velocity. He's got, uh, he's able to generate some good zip there and he can stretch the field pretty well. Uh, again, a bit of a smaller guy. He's like six foot, six one. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he measured in around like 210 or whatever. I'd have to go back and double check that. But, you know, smaller guy. Uh, I think he's shown, you know, good flashes of accuracy from an intermediate range, you know, across the field, along the sidelines, what have you. He's able to hit that. Uh, I like his footwork. I, I think he has a solid uh, enough compact release and he's shown good accuracy. I mean, the size is a bit of an issue. The fact he doesn't play at a power five level is a bit of an issue. Doesn't have a massive sample size because he played, he, he has this year as a starter and then he played the shortened season in the Mac last year. So he doesn't have uh, necessarily that huge uh, sample size of tape to go off of and he's still a work in progress from you know a diagnosing perspective but you know he's a guy to take a shot on maybe round five round six I think that if you're looking for a backup I think he'd be you know a good shot there for sure all right let's take a quick break and we will um have a word from our sponsors or whatever and we'll come back and talk about the running backs real quick support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning as a parent You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back. So, running backs. Jacob, who is running back one in this class? Because I feel like, again, could be a little different here. Maybe not, but just another feeling. Yeah, so I feel like it's for the most part been down to two guys. Uh and but I'm going with Brees Hall out of Iowa State. Okay, so we're the same on that one. Yeah. So yeah, we match up there. Uh I think that with Brees, you're looking at a guy who's pretty well rounded. He's got uh he's maybe not and I don't want to say that. He, he does have a little bit of issues with 
uh, hitting the whole, you know, with great decisiveness and consistently making the right uh, read in between the tackles. But you're looking at someone sure. with very good sideline to sideline mobility, uh, especially in like a one cut regard where he's able to, you know, hit the edge in like a wide zone and then burst into a hole. And I think his speed is better than a lot of people gave him credit for. I mean, he showed at the combine, he's a four, four runner. Uh, and I think, you know, in terms of speed of the running back position, he's shown on tape, he's, you know, above average, he's no Chris Johnson, but he gets the job done and he gets, he has a big frame. He runs hard. He's, you know, good contact balance. He's able to absorb hits pretty well. And he's been productive at the collegiate level. So I don't think there's a running back worth taking in the first round of this class. I think if any of them do get taken, it's going to be Brees Hall. But then again, I could be totally. Brees, I think, has your best argument. That's pretty much it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, So you covered Brees pretty well. My number two back is, I'm going to say a bit controversial, Mm. but I'm going to go with James Cook. And I think it's more just because – I like what he brings in like the home run threat. And I think he's pretty versatile. He can run a little bit between the tackles. He does pretty well going outside and he's really frenetic in like, in the ability to like get out in space with the ball in his hands. If you were to like yeah. use him in, as a, uh, as a pass catcher. So he got great feet, much like his brother. Like, and that's another thing that I, that I'm starting to put more and more stock into is the more I learn about evaluation is genetics matter. Yeah. Bloodline matters. His brother's one of the three best backs in the league. You don't think he's picking his brother's brain and talking to him about what it takes to succeed in the NFL? I think stuff like that matters. Now, what's working against him is while he has NFL height as a running back, he's 5'11", he is sub 200 pounds. At least that's what he weighed in at. That's a bit worrisome, but I like his ability to fight for the extra yardage, which a lot of it comes, like I said, he is slight up top. He does have a, he is thicker through the legs and he, does have the ability to power through power through tacklers with his legs. Um, again, you can use him on screens. You can split him out into the slot or out wide even. He's a, he's a little bit more of a do-it-all, jack-of-all trades running back than he is. Here's the ball, run, 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 run. Here's the ball, run, 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 run. He is more of like manufacture something like 15 touches for him through the running game and the passing game. And just kind of watch him go to work because he is electric. And so I guess he's where I would go with as running back too. Might might be a bit high on him compared to others, but that's just my personal take on James Cook. Yeah, so I I, I don't have him as my running back too. I I respect it though. I, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. Uh, I do have him top ten. He's uh, RB seven for me right now. So you know, see, it, but running backs are hard, man. It, it's tough. It really is because. You know, it, it depends on um, necessarily what you value. I mean, I don't think that Cook brings a ton of, you know, just overall strength and contact balance, but at the same time, I have very high grades on him from a game speed perspective, from an elusiveness perspective, from a receiving perspective. Right. So looking for like a change of pace back who can line up, run routes out of the backfield, run routes out of the slot, out wide, you know, just move him around a lot, then I could definitely see. And I think that's what boosted him because of his naturalness as a receiver. I think that's why I've slowly moved him up. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'll, I'll go, you know, I'll go to my running back to, uh, he's Kenneth Walker, the third out of Michigan state. That's and, my third. Yeah. No, and I think that 
a lot of people are kind of in the consensus. He's going to go somewhere in day two. Uh, just don't know if it's going to be round two or three, exactly where that's going to be. Uh, he had an incredible year this year. I mean, and he was someone that fa- uh, fantastic. I don't know why I said it like that. That's not an why accent. did you say it like that? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I sometimes I just <laughs> sometimes I just what say are we things that doing here. Sense. I don't know. I don't know, man. You tell me. I'm I'm sitting in a, in a study room in a library right now. People are probably thinking I'm insane, but <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no. I, I I think. I don't know what's going on anymore. I really don't. Uh, but, you know, I'm oh, trying awesome. to get back. Trying to get back on, ta- on uh, track, on track. Here, here I can, Yeah. But I think that Walker, he's uh, maybe not as dynamic as a James Cook or even uh, a Brees Hall, but he offers good speed, good elusiveness. Uh, maybe the best contact balance in the class. Again, you can argue that with a handful of guys. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. from Alabama is one that comes to mind, but Walker's just a tough runner. It's tough to bring him down. He's going to keep fighting. Uh, the only thing that knocks him down a bit for me is just the fact that he hasn't shown a ton as a receiver, uh, which I think will limit him. I, I don't think he's going to be a true three down uh, bell cow back just because he doesn't really have that proven receiving ability yet. But at the same time, he's a tough runner. He's a good athlete. Uh, I like him a lot. I don't know exactly where he ends up, but I do think that he can be a solid contributor in the league. Sure. I could definitely see that. Um, I guess moving right along with this, I'm going to go with my running back four and that's, it's a little safe, but I've got Isaiah Spiller in that role. Um, What I should, what I should, what I see when I watch him, um, calculated calculated and very decisive when he decides to do something he's never in a hurry um he's able to he he slashes he puts his foot in the dirt and then he gets north and south um finishes hard gets himself to where he needs to go you, you seldom see him going backwards he he plays seemingly very cerebrally at the running back position where you you trust him when you give him the ball um I don't think he's anything like special, but I think he's solid because especially when you factor in what a rookie running backs traditionally struggle with blocking Spiller is a good blocker. He's willing to stick his nose in there and he's able to hold his own on, on blocking downs or in blocking sets for himself. Um, And one of the biggest things is, as you well know, Jacob availability is the best ability in the NFL. Isaiah Spiller plays and he plays a lot. So that's, that's where I would go with him at this point running back four. Yeah. And that lines up pretty well for me. I haven't met running back three. Uh, I think he's a well-rounded guy. I mean, you you mentioned he finishes hard. I mean, we all like, you know, would wish to do that. Uh, But ultimately I think that you're looking at a guy. Hey, 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 what are they going to do? What are they going to do? <laughs> going to fire us? <laughs> Just, here we that's, go. Uh, that's that's true. I Please don't fire us. You, fire me. <laughs> don't fire Danny. I was the one that made that bad joke. but It's fine. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, no. <laughs> continue. Who's, your next, who, who's next on your running back list? Okay, so 
I'll go with my running back form. That's Tyler Beatty out of Mizzou. And wow. Nothing like some Homerism to get your rankings going, baby. I know. I know. (laughs) Maybe, maybe it's the, the Missouri student, Missouri fan in me, but I think Tyler Beatty can ball. And as we saw it uh, back in 2020, they had Larry Roundtree taking a bulk of the snaps, but Beatty was still on the field. They used him a lot as a receiver uh, and he showcased, you know, very good, just overall mobility, uh, good speed. I think that there's a lot to like there. And over the course of this past season, we saw that he can also run in between the tackles. And that was a big thing. Like, okay, he can catch the ball well, he can line up and whatever, but is he tough enough to be able to do that? And my answer is yes. I don't think, I mean, he's a smaller guy. He's like, what, 5'8", you know, maybe a hair shy of 200 pounds. So he's a smaller guy. He's never going to be the, your go-to man when you're you know, third and one and you're trying to run it up the middle. Uh, but I think from a uh, from an athleticism perspective, a receiving perspective, and the fact that he runs tough, uh, Tyler Beatty is a guy I really like. And I don't know. I have no clue where he gets drafted, uh, whether that's, you know, like late round three. He's a former track guy too, right? I'm not making yeah. that up. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. I don't know if it's the late round three where I currently have him, or if it's like round five or whatever, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see. I think that he's a very good player and I think that there's a lot to like with him. For sure. Um, let's each touch maybe on one of the more higher end running backs. Cause it feels like running backs that just uh, go and then we'll, we'll move on to the lower guys. Um, yeah. My, my last higher rate running back. I mean, cause you took, you put Beatty pretty high out. I guess we'll just go with the other guy from, from Georgia and that's Zamir white. I believe I have him as my running back six or seven. Um, first of all, his nickname is Zeus. It doesn't get any better awesome. nickname than that, which is yeah. just awesome. Um, physical power, full inside runner, um, quick to make his decision. He, pretty decent contact balance from what I can see. He just doesn't really have much in the way of, setting himself up move wise like he's kind of just one hit and go 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 like yeah. it which is fine like that's cool but he's also not entirely fast he's he's a little boring as a runner in terms of what he does but he's effective like i don't care if you're boring and effective just just do it especially because he he's a noted gym rat he i want to say he was like the captain of the running back group or the leader of the running back room kind of thing but you also got to worry about his knee injury pass, but I, I do like him a lot. I love that he's a gym rat. I love that he's, you know, a big physical running back. He, nothing special, but I think you're going to get yourself a solid running back who's going to contribute almost immediately when he walks in through your doors to your team. Yeah, and I like that a lot. I think that uh, Zamir White, there's definitely potential that he can develop into, you know, a solid starter in the league. Maybe not a full three down guy. I do have some questions about his receiving ability, but I like the physical attributes that he brings to the game. Uh, I'm cool with digging into like mid late round guys. Cause that's sure. you know, about where my, you know, top tier ends. Uh, so there's one guy I do want to talk about. I actually, as the day we're recording this, I just tweeted about him earlier today. It's Pierre strong jr. From South Dakota state. And just stealing my thunder. Typical. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I don't, want to... don't sit here and lie to my face. <laughs> I, I feel a little bit of regret. I feel a little bit of regret. I'm not a soulless monster. 
Come on. Oh, well, that's me. I'm the ginger. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. This is just okay. off the rails. All right. This, uh, man, <laughs> this went in a totally different direction than I expected. But yeah, no. So I think uh, with uh, Pierre Strong Jr., that's, yeah, that's what I was talking about. Uh, he's just a yeah, well-rounded, <laughs> well-rounded back. <laughs> Uh, I think that he's got uh, good vision in between the tackles. He more often than not makes smart cuts. He's able to explode up the hole pretty well. Uh, good overall uh, agility. I think sideline to sideline, he moves pretty well. Uh, whether he's one cut or just making multiple men miss in space, I think he's pretty good. Uh, maybe not elite in terms of speed and strength, but I don't think those are massive issues by any means. I think he's you know solid in all those spots. Uh, it was productive, not a horrible blocker. I mean, with running backs, you're, I feel like it's kind of rare that you're going to get a truly great blocker. Like Isaiah Spiller might be the best blocking running back in this class, or at least there's a very good argument. Uh, I for think it. it's pretty, I think it's pretty easily him, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, no, yeah, that's fair. Uh, and it, regardless though, you're looking at, well, him and uh, Kyron Williams, I think is another guy that can be put up there. Uh, but I think just and, Pierre Strong's just a well-rounded back. Doesn't have a ton of glaring weaknesses. I don't know how high his ceiling is, but I think he definitely contributes in the league. And I think that it's someone who I believe should have been invited to the Senior Bowl. He, you know, had the chance to go to the Shrine Bowl and perform very well. Uh, but yeah, Pierre Strong's my guy in those mid rounds that I'm pounding the table for, for you know, lack of a better term. And you actually mentioned mine. So Kyron Williams is cool. a guy I've slowly fallen more in love with as I watched him mainly because of his fit in this this NFL he's you know a smaller smaller build at five nine sub 200 pounds um but he's used a lot in the way like Detroit used to use their old running back I forget his name but little tiny guy again from a Notre Dame pass catching back what was his name theoretic 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 um, yeah. theoretic, a lot like James White is being used in New England or the guy Booby coming out of Washington a couple of years back, who I believe signed in with the Miami Dolphins, if memory serves, or I, or was he Wazoo? Am I thinking of Wazoo's running back? I can't remember his name, but I know his name was Wazoo's Booby. Was, uh, uh, yeah, Booby Williams. Booby Williams, that was it. He caught like some yeah. like 90 <laughs> balls his final year with Mike Leach. Oh, yeah. So I love yeah. I really like Karen Williams and what he can bring to the table. He's not overly fast. He's not fast and or he's not overly quick. He's not fast and long speed, but he catches the ball. He's a mismatch problem. And I think he's someone that you you're never going to give him a, a lion's share of a workload. But if you let him just take a few the rock a couple times, or you can even just use him as a default wide receiver out of the backfield, you're going to have a place for him on your team. I really like him. I know I know Bears fans largely are going to be into him because of the Notre Dame connection, but I just like him as a player. Like he just fits the, the modern NFL very well. What's your late round guy? Yeah. So my late round guy, uh, I can go in a lot of different directions here. Uh, and I don't know necessarily if there's one running back in those uh-huh. later rounds that I'm going above and beyond to, you know, push for, but one guy that's kind of been on my radar for a while, he, he slipped a little bit, but I think that has some potentials. Max Borgie uh, out of Washington State. And Ooh. he's someone who, uh, in that last year with uh, 
with Mike Leach, he was very productive as a pass catcher out of the backfield. He's one of the better uh, pass catching backs in this class, I believe. Just his soft hands. He's a smart route runner. Good speed, you know, tough runner. You got a thick build. He's not the biggest guy. He's like 5'10", if I'm not mistaken, but he runs tough. And I think he la- he does lack a little bit in terms of maybe that sideline to, you know, just that ability to consistently make defenders miss in space. But I think he's a solid back. I think he'll contribute. I think if you're looking for a, uh, and this is probably a lazy comparison because, you know, it's a white pass catching running back, but like that Rex Burkhead type of role. I, sure. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I just to call it what it is. I, I think that Borgie's the type of guy you could fit into that role. Get him some touches. Uh, he's never going to be the the RB one in an NFL room, I don't think, but I think he can he can contribute to an offense, I believe. Sure. So I'm going to go real deep on you, and you know my style of running back, Jacob. I make no bones about it. I, if you yeah. if you're willing to put your head down and just pile and pro, pile plow through and earn those extra yards, you probably have my heart. Yeah. The late round guy, arguably undrafted, Isaiah Pacheco, Ooh. out of Rutgers. 5'10", 215-plus pounds. Um, dude looks like he was concocted in a lab to play football with his <laughs> physique. He is yeah. just built. Like, if you remember, my guy last year was Jared Dokes. Again, same kind of thing. Like, yeah. more of a change of pace back for this this kind of uh, NFL where he's not really the best in terms of catching. I think he's he caught, like, under 20 balls last year, which just isn't much. But – yeah. He explodes through the hole. He just he he's looking almost almost for contact so he can impose his will on you. He like like I, I'm always reminded of that early on Leonard Fournette highlight where you see him running up the sideline and instead of going out of bounds, he like veers off into the middle of the field and like waves at the oncoming defender on, like, let's go. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like I could see Isaiah Pacheco doing that. Um but with that physical brand of just come on, let's go do this. I'll, I'll meet. I'll I'll meet you in the alley anytime. It comes with the back end of it. Of he's not patient. He doesn't let his blocks set up. Yeah. That those typically typically those big strong backs lack a lot of stiff lack a lot of flexibility in their hips. You know his he should be able to block given his physique. Um, but I think that's more of a coaching thing than it is current time and I know he's suffered some knickknack injuries here and there um but I really like what he could bring especially in the toughness aspect and he is you know despite being that big physical runner he actually is quite a quite fast but that's my late round guy he just fits my aesthetic and he's really a lot of fun to watch you know, and if memory serves correctly, he tested pretty well in the combine too. That's what I, I was actually just uh, pulling him up to, to see what his, uh, his numbers were. So if we can move on um, after running backs, we'll do another quick, uh, quick commercial break and we'll move on to wide receivers for the last 35, 40 minutes of our show. Sound good, Jacob? Perfect. I'm in. All right, awesome, and we will be right back. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And we're back. Um, so to pull it up, Isaiah Pichetto, um tested in the 95th percentile for his 40-yard dash at 216 pounds. He ran a 4.37 with a vertical of 33 inches and a broad jump of 118 inches. So those are a little bit middling in terms of his percentiles, but his actual like 40-yard straight ahead, straight ahead speed, pretty good. Yeah. And at that size, that that that's a big man moving. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but anyway, receivers. This is where I think you and I are going to have a lot more discrepancies than we normally would. Who is your wide receiver one, Jacob? Okay, so I feel like you can go in genuinely a lot of different directions here. I think you can count as many as five guys that I'm like, all right, if you have them at wide receiver one, I totally see that. So mine's Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. And maybe not the have the, have the physical upside of some of the guys that I have in my top five who are a little bit lower. Uh, but I think that he's just a very uh, a polished route runner. He's a smooth athlete who can uh, who can change direction well. He's got good deep speed uh, in the grand scheme of things. He's he's got good mobility after the catch. Uh, I, I like what he brings in terms of a variety of releases uh, coming off the snap. And again, not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy. Although he is fast, he's definitely fast. He's not a you know four two type of guy, but he's fast enough to the point where he'll provide some issues for NFL defensive sure. backs. Uh, I think he's a high end wide receiver too in the league. You'll see him flirt with a thousand yards, I believe. Uh, but yeah, that's who I have as wide receiver one. I'm I'm curious who you have because again, you can go in so many different directions in this class. I feel um, like. I'm actually going his running mate at Ohio State as my favorite. Okay. Um, Chris Olave is my wide receiver one, and. I don't want to say quite comfortably, but it was fairly easy for me to make that call because the production has been there his whole career since he like really stepped foot on campus in Columbus. Um, a lot of the things you said about Wilson apply to Olave in a sense where polished route runner knows how to get open. Yeah. Lacks some size. He tested faster than I would have guessed, but I also think as we've mentioned a few times on this show that I think it was a pretty fast track in yeah. Indy this year. Um, and I, I hate the term safe because it's a very damning term to give a player, but he oh, yeah. is almost safe. You know, when he steps into your wide receiver room and onto the practice field that you are getting a ready-made NFL wide receiver, at least in my opinion. Um, I just really like what he brings to the table. Could he stand to be bigger? Sure. It, could he be better in 50-50 balls? Absolutely. But that's not how he wins. He wins by release package route running and his ability to just kind of get you off of him when he stems off his routes and whatnot. So pretty easy for me, wide receiver one, but uh, go ahead and let's continue down the list for the record. uh, Garrett Wilson's by wide receiver five. Ooh. Okay. I mean, and I get that. And I feel like that top five, at least with my top five, I feel like can go in really any order. Uh, It's pretty interchangeable. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And so my my number two is Chris Olave. So I'll move to my number three. And this is a guy that, you know, the bust potential is palpable, but 
Man, I just turn on the tape. I see a baller. I see Is Traylon. Is big man? Traylon. Wow. Burks. Yeah. Oh. Oh, my. Yep. Yep. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> we get spicy. Yeah. Yeah. So, and for what it's worth, I would have uh, Jamison Williams above him. Uh, I'd have him higher, but then, you know, there's a knock in my grade because of injuries. So I had to, you know, take that into some consideration. Jamison's my number two. That's fair. That's fair. And I think that uh, it just depends on how much you uh, have concerns about, you know, the long term. Uh, again, I think there's a very good chance Jameson Williams, the uh, the top receiver in this class. But yeah, as for Traylon Burks, I see a guy who's huge. He's powerful in a way that you don't really see in a wide receiver. He's tough to bring down uh, after the catch, whether that's with his pure contact balance, his play strength or you're looking at someone with uh, just the overall, you know, the agility that he has. I know he didn't test super well at the combine, but you turn on the tape, he's a good athlete. He's physical at the catch point in the 50-50 ball. Uh, Again, raw as a route runner, I think he's still improving from a technical perspective. He can get a little bit more explosive, but you get the ball in his hands in a variety of different ways, and you're going to see some big plays made. And I think that – there's definitely room for bust potential with him. I mean, is he going to be a Debo or an AJ Brown? Or is he going to be more of a LaVisca Chenault where, you know, it's already a second season. We're looking on, you know, is he getting traded? So I think there's, so, you know, the floor and ceiling are similar to that, but uh, I just think there's a lot of upside there. So I wonder with him, if he is the most or one of the most team dependent landing spots where it really depends on who gets him and is willing to be patient with, because he's not a good route runner yet. He's, he needs work. Like the, the reports of him being near 240 coming out of his, coming out of the the final season at at Arkansas are worrying. I think there's a lot of things to go, go there. So we'll, we'll touch on Jamison Williams. I don't really think that there's a lot to say about Jamison Williams other than much better route runner than I first gave him credit for like I thought he was really just a speed demon and that was it that's his trick that's his best trick but he's he's a little bit more refined than that um I do worry about his build like the non-contact injury aside he is slender um but I love his production I love his ability to just say especially whenever he's whenever his trick like it was like the Mike Williams thing right when he was in Pittsburgh like what does he do or Mike Wallace excuse me go straight Take the top off the defense. If you are really good at that one trait, everything else can come back to you. You can't teach what Jamison Williams does. And that's about really all I have to say for him. Um, I have a feeling I know who your wide receiver three, four is. So I'm going to let you have him because I want to move to my wide receiver four. And that's Jahan Dotson. Ooh. (laughs) Um, I've talked with our friend of the show, Brad Spielberger, about this. And he's kind of in the same camp as me. I feel like sometimes I'm on an island with him, and I know I'm not. It's that just that feeling. But Jahan Dotson is, for me, like I thoroughly enjoy watching him play football. He is wired right. He's a good route runner. He's able to vary his releases. He gears up, gears down. He stems off. He is quite possibly the best route runner I've watched in this class. His issues are that he's small. He's not blazing fast for being small. And everyone – my – I think the thing that throws me off is everyone wants to throw him directly into the slot because of his size. And you watch him and he doesn't like operating between the hashes. 
that's not something he does. He goes outside and he wants to play outside of those hashes. Now, could you theoretically just line them up in there and have them run all routes outside of them? Sure. But I think that kind of limits the ability of the slot in a sense. Yeah. Jahan Dotson is like kind of my personal draft crush. If you're, if you're to take who I believe to be the higher end wide receivers, um, I don't think you could go wrong with them, especially because I really believe that despite being 5'10 or 5'11, whatever he measured it at, that dude, when a 50-50 ball's in the air, feels like it's 65-35 or 70-30. He yeah. wants the football more than everybody else, and that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, and I think there, there are valid concerns with Dodson, but I will say uh, you summed him up well, and – I don't think I've seen a sub six foot receiver play as well on the 50 50 ball as Dotson does. So to take that for what it's worth, but yeah, it could mean nothing, like, but it could mean yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens in the league, but my wide receiver four actually uh, you touched on briefly is Jamison Williams. And then, okay. My wide receiver five is Drake London out of USC. So he's my wide receiver three. Okay. Yeah. And I think that with Drake London, I know there are comparisons with Mike Evans. I, I can see it because, you know, he's a big guy. He can, you know, win the 50-50 ball, but it's not the same frame. I'd like to see if Drake London is going to be served in that role. I'd like to see him add a little bit more strength, a little bit more bulk, because he's a little wiry at this point, uh, at least in my opinion. And uh, with that aside, though, you know, he should. Sure, he's a bit raw as a route runner. He he has good deep speed and insane ball skills. I think that that's a huge thing with him. It's just his ability to attack the ball, uh, high pointed effectively, contort himself to you know box out defensive backs. It's very impressive to me, and I think there's a bit of bust potential that maybe not enough people are talking about. Uh, but I think there is a lot to like from a physical perspective there. I think that. If he can develop as a route runner, he's. Ne- I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, like say, I don't know, Devonte Adams or Keenan Allen or what what have you as a route runner. He's, you know, he's a big guy. He's like six four, six five. You know, it's tougher to get low and you know sink your hips. But would you, would you agree that some of his allure is the fact that I believe last year was his first year ever committing fully to football? Like, because I want to say he played basketball at USC, right? Uh, you know, I should know this. I don't know off the top of my head. Give me a quick search. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do a quick search here. I'll see because I, I feel like I should know this. I know he does have a basketball background. If that you know, if I remember it correctly, but I'm, but I, I would just say that's part of the allure with him. If that is indeed the case, yeah. And, and I mean, and he's gone up. He's had to compete for touches with you know some pretty quality receivers, some NFL caliber guys over the last couple of years. So, you know, he had this, this big year, uh, this past season, he was good in 2020 also. Uh, so, you know, all, all that aside though, yes, I think there's bus potential. Yes. I think that there's, uh, you know, some reason for concern with him. I'd like to see him add a little more weight, but the length, the deep speed, the ball skills, that's enticing to me. And I've been burned by, you know, those 50-50 ball types before, uh, but I think that London has a bit more uh, – I, I think London has a bit more deep speed in the grand scheme of things. For sure. So I'm going to leave – my wide receiver six is George Pickens. I'm going to leave him to you because 
You have much more engagement on Twitter than I do. And George Pickens seems to be the darling and the apple of Bear Twitter's eye. I'm going to yeah. move actually on to my wide receiver eight, who I actually, if it weren't for his injury concerns, would have a first-round grade on him, similar to guys in the past. And that's John Mechie the third. Hmm. John Mechie for me is a forgotten man of sorts, not just because of his injury history, but because he was always the bridesmaid and never the bride at Alabama. He played behind Jamison Williams. He played behind Henry Ruggs the third. He played behind um, Jalen Waddell, Jalen Waddell. I keep wanting to say Waddell and I have no idea why, but like he, he was always behind these more explosive big time athletes. And it's like, you almost forgot that John Mechie the third was out here putting up thousand yard seasons with close to double digit touchdowns. John Mech is, I think he knows how, I think he knows his limitations and it shows on film. He doesn't try to outrun you. He's not a burner. He's fast enough is what I'll say. Like he's agile. He's fast enough. He can pull away a little bit, but he wins with his release package. He does dead legs, jump starts, like stutter steps. He, he's a very refined release artist off the line. Very good route runner. I think he offers some in the way of like being an outside Z or no. Z or a slot. That's where I think he will thrive being able to alternate between those two where you're not relying on him to be the guy outside to beat the one-on-one press corner. And he's, yeah. he's going to be a problem because he is so competitive. He's a very competitive football player. He He's not much in the way of blocking. He, he'll try to get in the way here and there, but he does kind of have some of those quirks that, that I find offensive where if the ball isn't designed to come to him or they're calling a running play, he's not totally engaged or it's kind of like he's letting the game come to him. But yeah. I think Mechie's production speaks for itself. I think he could be a steal for a team because you might get him in the top of round three. And I think that's a sin when you look at how good he is as a route <laughs> runner and how polished he is. And he's coming from that Alabama system. He is a pro-ready football player. You're just going to have to wait for him to get healthy. And worth noting, he tore his ACL just before Jamison Williams did. I believe him and Williams have been reported as rehabbing together and pushing each other to get ready for the season. So I think you're going to get him sooner than you will later, sooner rather than later after the draft in terms of his actual medical availability. But I really enjoy John the III. So that's my wide receiver eight. Yeah, I like him a lot too. Uh, I don't have him that high because I do, you know, knock him a little bit because of the injury. But sure, uh, I think I think he's the best route runner in the class. And you know, for all the same reasons that you do, I won't you know repeat it myself uh, from what you said. But you know, I, I definitely see the allure with Mechie. I think some team's going to get a steal because uh, he has been a bit forgotten in this class. So, uh, like you mentioned, I'll touch on George Pickens. Uh, and as we're recording this, you know, there were. Uh, you know, some reports earlier uh, yesterday, I believe, about, oh, maybe there's some immaturity issues. That's not for me to necessarily have a set comment on because I'm not in there. I'm not talking to all of his coaches. I'm not there talking to him directly. Uh, I'm not in that, you know, the NFL room. So I don't have all that info. But from a pure on the field perspective, I think that Pickens is, you know, pretty easily a first round pick if he didn't get hurt if he didn't miss most of this past season. And I'd say this, you're looking at a guy who's, you know, he's lengthy, he's big, he's physical, very good hands. I, I want to say, I don't remember who tweeted it, but I, I think he, I think it was PFF. I think he had the lowest drop percentage of any draft yeah. eligible wide receiver this year. 
Yeah, yeah, that, that's the exact one I was going to reference, and uh, you, you just rarely see him uh, not come down. Dog, we got chemistry. We know how this goes. I never exactly. passed. I was yeah, never yeah. good at chemistry. Really, never was good at chemistry in high school, but I can I can do this. This is different I kind know. of chemistry. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I was lucky if I escaped with the C in chemistry in high school, but <laughs> I I was bad, dude. I was awful. Like science has never been my thing. I am so happy that I'm not doing that as a career and that I'm done with science and college here. Cause I suck at it, dude. I can't even. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. No, I so. think you summed up George Pickens very well. And I think yeah. the thing that really goes with him, especially if you were to look at him as a specific bears fit blocking, he is yeah. aggressive as a blocker. He wants mm-hmm. to embarrass you as a blocker. That is his primary objective, but moving on a little bit here. Um, I'm going to jump to the other apple of Bears Twitter's eye, and that's Christian Watson. I have him as wide receiver 10 in this class, and that's not a bad thing. It, I just have a lot of questions. I know the reports out of Mobile at the Senior Bowl where he was dominating every single wide receiver one-on-one drill against defensive backs, and that is great. That is awesome. I can't just throw away film that I've watched. And I have major questions. He, I think he literally tested out, according to RAS, as his 10.0 grade would imply, as the literal best tested wide receiver of all time. Yeah, I don't believe he did change of direction drills, but I believe that's what he did. The issue comes into the fact that why, why didn't he produce that way? I get North Dakota State is a running-based offense. I understand that. But I'm left just like wondering if you have this freak show, why isn't he just being called for to get the ball at all points? Yeah. And even when he had Trey Lance there a couple of years ago, he wasn't producing. And I know he was younger. That was that's part of it. But he is a good blocker because he's asked to. He needs to clean up his route running. He is a freak show. I think he's almost six five. He's like two hundred. 15 plus pounds. He is a ridiculous athlete. Like he is, he is a mutant, but I need to see more in terms of he needs to get better as a route runner on film. I get, like I said, the wide receiver one-on-ones are great, but it doesn't mean a whole lot to me because it reminds me of like Denzel Mims a couple of years ago out of Baylor. He's killing everyone at the senior bowl. And then I would watch his tape at Baylor. I'm like, then why is he, isn't he killing everybody else? Yeah. Like there's just questions I have. Christian Watson could be great. I would not touch him inside the top 50 picks because he is massive boom or massive bust. And that could mean anything. You could get a great player. You could get a guy who's washed out of the league in three to four years. Now, what I think is working in his favor, his dad played in the league. I think that should curb some of the issues, but that's my take. Feel free to dunk on me. NFL draft, Twitter bears, Twitter, tell me how stupid I am, (laughs) but this is what NFL draft evaluating is about, right? I'm an arbitrary analyst. I'm not an expert. I am just giving you my opinion based off of what I've seen and the information I have at my disposal. Yeah. No, and I think that you do bring up a lot of valid concerns. Uh, the volume is, you know, obviously a concern. I think that uh, as a route runner, he's a bit raw. I, I think that he's maybe, you know, a bit more polished than say someone like Drake London, but at the same time, Drake London dominated against power five competition, Christian Watson, doesn't have that same volume and he went up against FCS competition. So 
you're looking at that. Uh, I have Christian Watson as my wide receiver eight right now. Uh, we've touched on all the guys I have ahead of him, except for one who, you know, I can, I'll get into it with my next guy. Are uh, we going to touch the sky here? Yes. Yeah. We're getting <laughs> sky high uh, here, which I probably shouldn't say because I'm in a library study room. And if there's a camera in here, then they're going to be <laughs> pot, which I'm not. Uh, but no, I, I, Sky Moore is my wide receiver seven, and I'll touch on him. I think there are concerns with, you know, maybe he didn't test as well as people wanted from a, from an agility perspective, but I think you turn on the tape and it shows that he's a playmaker when he gets the ball in his hands. And uh, a lot's been talked about his speed, about his agility in space, his creativity as a ball carrier, but I don't think enough's talked about just how intelligent of a route runner he is. I think that you watch his speed release, watch his stutter step that he executes. It's a thing of beauty because he's so quick, you know, coming out of that one jab with his foot. Uh, And he he does a very good job of adjusting his stems to, you know, attack those blind spots and to consistently find a way to get open work across the body of the cornerback. I, I I just love watching him play. And is he ever going to be a wide receiver one for a team? I don't know because, you know, size is a concern. Uh, not doesn't really offer much of anything on the 50 50 ball, but he's explosive. He's quick twitched. He can get open. He can make guys miss in space. There's a lot to like with him. So yeah, exactly. Um, all right, moving on. So I'll touch briefly on Calvin Austin, the third, who I do have just behind Cal, who I have just behind Christian Watson. And I feel like I grouped all the, small school guys together and it was by complete oops. Like it's just how my rankings played out as I was, as I was like looking at my notes and piecing it together. Uh, Sky, I had wide receiver nine. Calvin Austin is wide receiver 11 sandwich and Christian Watson. Uh, Production is not an issue with Calvin Austin. I don't like that. He's a bit over age. So he'll be about 28 years old or so when he gets his contract extension, should you decide to extend him? But the agility the, the, the straight line speed, the speed release, the ability to just say, I'm going deep, F everything else, is there. He is productive. He's not just a one-trick pony either. He does have a decent set of routes that he runs. Um, I do find it funny because he is not a good blocker. He's he's not just tiny. He is itty-bitty. Like, oh, yeah. But he's – it is funny because he's a willing blocker. It's one of the funnier things. Like when you watch him go to bow up and like actually meet a, a safety head on, like he he's like willing and engaged. Just that the, the safety of the the corner just kind of doesn't care. It's like okay, go away. Yeah, it's like <laughs> enough safety, with you. Like, like 25, 30 pounds bigger and another like four like, inches yeah. taller. All right, like yeah, I don't care about you. You're yeah. adorable. See you later. <laughs> try, try, give him um, that. Yeah, I mean, I have like a mid three, early four on him. I, I think some team is going to fall in love with the idea of like, he could be our Tyree kill kind of thing, which that, that can be said for a couple of guys in this class, including one of my favorites who is again, an itty bitty pocket rocket kind of guy, but yeah. did it at a much lower, higher level of competition at two different schools. But I'll let you continue on because I, I personally really enjoyed uh, watching Kelvin Austin, but I'm just not as high on him as others just because of, certain things that are completely out of the realm of his control. And yeah, in all honesty. yeah, that's totally fair. Uh, yeah. So we've touched on a bunch of guys and I feel like 
I don't want to get too deep into David Bell out of Purdue. I've done that a thousand times on Twitter. Uh, you know, if you follow me there, you know what I think of him. I, I don't want to keep repeating myself in that regard, but there's one guy that I do want to mention. And then Dan, I think we could, uh, we could dig into like mid and late round guys. Cause we've been absolutely go ahead. Go for it. For sure. So uh, the one guy that, you know, a lot of bears fans have taken a liking to is Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. I figured that's where you were going. Yeah. And that's, that's the last of those, you know, like topper, like tier two sort of receivers, I guess you could say uh, that I want to dig mm-hmm. into. Uh, I see someone with, you know, a lot of potential in just in terms of his frame, he's, you know, multi-sport athlete coming out of high school and that shows, I mean, he's coordinated, he's fluid. He's uh, he has very good deep speed. He's explosive. He jumps really high. Uh, can maybe stand to be a little bit more physical on the 50, 50 ball for someone who's bigger, like he is, but he's not, he's certainly not bad in that regard. I mean, when you're six, three, like two ten, you're certainly not going to struggle there. And I think he's better after the catch then people give him credit for. And even if he is raw as a route runner, he's shown promise in terms of that footwork and adjusting his stems accordingly, depending on the type of coverage he sees. Sure. So uh, he is a work in progress. I think that, you know, I don't know how much he's going to contribute right away. I think he's more so of a guy you, you know, play as a rotational guy year one, you know, have him on special teams where I'm sure he can make a killing. Uh, and then year two, you know, insert him into your starting lineup. But that's just me. I have a round three on him. I think he goes round two. Uh, we'll, we'll see exactly what happens. If a team like the Bears takes him round two, it's just, in my opinion, more so for the long run than looking for immediate production. Sure. Um, I'll move on to probably my personal favorite watch in this class, and that's Wandale, Wandale Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't think it's a secret at this point. Wandale is just a guy really – enjoy watching play football. He played, he played at, uh, at Nebraska before transferring into the wildcat program under Mark Stoops this past year. Um, slot only kind of guy, get him the ball, see what happens. Lightning in a bottle kind of thing, similar to Calvin Austin. Although I think Calvin Austin lined up a lot more outside than Wandale ever did. Also lined up a good bit at running back at Nebraska. I like guys that make you have to account for every single blade of grass when they're out there. You don't, even if it's just as a, as a gimmick, like he's out there. Is he getting the ball? I have no idea. You can do that with Wandale. He also offers some in the way of, in the way of returnability and special teams. So that's something he has. I personally have him as a round three. He's probably more like a mid four. I'm admitting my grade has some bias in it when I let, when I put that out there. Yeah. I just thoroughly enjoy what he does, and I think what he does, given that put him in the slot, put him at running back, let him return kicks or punts, it's all factoring in his grade for me. He is electric in the forty, not quite Calvin Austin, but I think he's sub four or four. Low four ones, high four threes. I can't remember his or four high four four. Low four fours, high four threes. I can't remember his exact number, but he's again, he's itty bitty. Doesn't really care about blocking, but he's never really asked to do that either. If he's on the field, the chances for the wildcast chances are he's probably getting the ball. Yeah. Um, needs a little more route, route refinement, which I think is more an indictment on the Kentucky 
program where they're kind of only asking him to run three to five routes. They're not asking him to do much more than that. It's a lot of wheels, a lot of goes, a lot of bubble screens, a lot of quick ins, quick outs. So I, I want him to do a little more, but I think he needs just some time, you know? Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. And he's the type of guy, uh, and it does sound kind of lazy, but you know, there are some similarities in how he was used to like Lynn Bowden during his time in Kentucky. And I think you could see somewhat similar usage uh, with Wandale, maybe a little bit more. Cause I, I do think Robinson's a bit better of a prospect, but that's just me. Uh, one, one mid round guy that I want to talk about that I think the bears would, would be wise to target because, you know, if Luke gets offense is what we expect it to be then having that true deep threat, like that lengthier guy, uh, the Packers have shown to be interested in that. Getsy's shown that his predecessors have been, you know, interested in that. And that's a Taekwon Thornton, not a Baylor. Now, okay, he's a, he's a guy who I think is fairly one-dimensional. He's not a great route runner. I don't think he's super physical at the catch point. I think he's pretty. Uh, his releases are pretty uh, vanilla at this point, but he's tall and he's fast and you have a guy who's like six three running in the four twos with ease uh, I think that's something to keep in mind that's something that you know really pops out and you watch him on tape he has really good deep speed he's, he's a nightmare for defensive backs to try and defend especially in man coverage like you get him stretching vertically sure he's not the strongest guy he's very thin for his height uh, I want to say he's somewhere in the 180s, but you're worried, okay, do I try and press him? Because he's longer than I am. He Odds are he has longer arms than I do. Do I try and, you know, play bail? Do I, you know, how do I attack this? Do I do off man? What does this call for? How do you stop someone who's that fast and that tall and that long? So I, sure. I think from that perspective alone, He's someone to t- keep an eye on in, around round four and round five, in my opinion. Uh, don't know how much he's going to contribute right away, but think he can develop into a solid wide receiver three if he's coached up well enough. Sure. Um, for my my first mid-round guy that I'll touch on, because I think we should just get two just because just of the depth of this class. Yeah. Um, I'm going to – or my second one, rather. Um, I'm going to – it's like my threads all over again. I'm going to go with Romeo dubs and Romeo dubs is such an enigma. It feels like, because I've seen him as high as the late bottom of two in mock drafts. I've seen him as late as six. I think the truth is somewhere in the middle, probably middle four, maybe even slips to early five, depending on how many receivers go or don't go because you never know who's going to go or what the runs are going to be. Right. It's all projection. Um, The thing that really stands out to me on tape is dubs is, hyper competitive like and that's something I personally really want in my receivers a guy that just this is what I do this is how I do it I'm the best at it I think he had back-to-back thousand yard eight plus touchdown campaigns in Nevada with Carson Strong very clearly the best at his job on that team there is no question who the alpha receiver was um good hands does well high pointing the ball for the most part in 50 50 balls, um, but can be inconsistent at times. I think that could be a part of maybe lack of concentration and just trying to go, but he is a big play waiting to happen. He is legitimately always a threat. When you see him break off the line with one, with those long legs and get by 
get by the corner, the safety has to be coming over top because he is a threat to just go go to the house every single time. It's kind of what his calling card was. And there's a few guys like that in every class where you're like, this is what they do. Like, um, I know he didn't test super well, but um, out of Minnesota last year, who who got drafted by Baltimore, um, why am I just blanking on his name? Yeah, Rashad Bateman was another guy. I think he averaged 20 yards a catch for his college career. Dubs is in that same vein where it's like, this dude is a big play waiting to happen. And I think he would do very well as like some teams Z receiver and maybe working into the slot. I don't know if he's ever a full-time out wide on his own on the Island receiver that I think you can try him out there as as he gets more and more, you know, comfortable, but I really like what he brings to the table. And I think he could do well with, with, the right coaching staff and the right system. Yeah. And I, I like dubs a lot. I think you hit the nail on the head with him. Uh, I have him as my wide receiver 14. So, you know, I, I like him in the grand scheme of things and I don't know exactly uh, where I have him as wide receiver 16. So yeah, right. So in, the same in, that, in that same range. Uh, so it, we'll see where he ends up, but I think he can be a solid contributor. So my other mid round guy that I'll go with is Danny gray out of SMU. Now, this is a guy that, you know, I feel like he's been – there have been mumblings around him uh, within Bears Twitter of, you know, people have been watching tape. They're like, oh, you know, this guy's pretty good. You know, maybe we should – you know, maybe the Bears should consider him a little bit. And I totally understand that. I think that from a pure speed perspective, he's very good. It shows up on tape. He's explosive off the snap. He has the deep speed needed to stretch the field. Solid route runner. I. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily great at anything, but I don't think he's really bad at anything either. He's just a, you know, a capable, well-rounded guy who's tough to bring down after the catch, good agility, good toughness overall. Uh, I don't know how high his ceiling is, but I think he has a decent enough floor that I'd be willing to take a shot on him around like round four, maybe. Uh, I think that again, it's not this height, weight, speed, monster or anything he's like six foot maybe like you know 100 something 180 something pounds and you know he's fast but he's not four too fast but it, all, all that aside sure. though it sounds like i'm uh but i think that he brings a lot to the table and just a an all-around good football player i i just have a gut feeling he's gonna be able to contribute maybe if it's you know i don't know if he's gonna start long term anywhere but i think he can be a solid contributor and you know catch on with the team for sure. Sure. Um, let's jump here real quick to a, maybe one or two late round guys. I will go with a height, weight, speed specimen for the first one. And that's mm-hmm. Kevin Austin Jr. From Notre Dame. Um, one year of production. That is scary as hell. Yeah. Like, and I think he averaged like 19 yards a catch this year, but he does like he literally is one of the few receivers that participated in everything in terms of his change of direction drills, straight line speed drills, and he looks the part. Six two, two hundred pounds, chiseled frame, um, just unbelievable testing numbers. I think he ran four three five or something like that. Um. Real good blocker, probably because of the offense that that Brian Kelly was running while he was there. But I think 
the the worry is he needs more refinement as a route runner. He needs more time to play football. He just hasn't played much, but I think he also has a, I, I, I could be wrong on this and speaking out of turn, but he could have a good amount of time as a, um, as a special teamer, given how long it took him to get to be playing. I'm pretty um, sure he does. I'm pretty sure he does. I want to say that I found something like that. I don't have it off the top of my head, but I think you're right. But he he does need time. Who's your late round guy? Yeah, so my late round guy, I'm going to go with another uh, size speed guy, and that's uh, Isaiah Weston out of Northern Iowa. And he's someone who's like 6'4", <laughs> like 215, something like that. Uh, now when I'm looking for day three receivers, especially later like that, I just love those guys who are just, you know, physical anomalies because worst case, you can coach them up to be very good special teamers. And like, that's not bad. You know, it's certainly not bad, but you know, Weston's a guy with very good straight line speed. He's tough to bring down after the catch. He's, uh, surprisingly elusive for someone who's like six, four and, you know, within that two fifteen range, uh, Obviously, Raw as a route runner doesn't really have a super uh, polished variety of releases, but I like a lot of what he brings to the table. I think he's a very, uh, very athletic player. Uh, and for as raw as he might be, I think that he's worth taking a shot on. If you get him in like round six or something, him and uh, Tanner Connor, I'm going to cheat. That's another guy who kind of fits that same uh, size, speed. Is that your other late round guy? Is that who you're yeah. going with? Yeah. I'll, I'll just so go ahead and just finish up on Tanner Connor. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll just finish up on him too. And uh, Connor's thicker. He's like 15 pounds heavier. He's like 6'3", 230. So, I mean, there are talks about him moving to tight end even uh, at that size. But he runs in the 4'4 range. He's just a fast dude. Uh, you know, very good hands, very good ball skills. I don't think he's as elusive as Weston is, you know, which could provide some, you know, concerns. Does he play receiver? Does he play tight end? But Again, another guy. I think in the worst case scenario, he's going to be a uh, he's going to be a very good special teamer at the very least. Sure. So my last late round guy, I've just kind of developed an affinity for like power slots as the last couple years have gone on. And when I watched a lot of Matt Corral, I kept wondering who is this dude catching every RPO pass? It felt like in a couple of games, and it's it's uh, Dontario Drummond. Hmm. Um. A little overage till B25 as a rookie. He was a JUCO commit coming out. Um, never really highly thought of, but he, I think he could work, especially with NFL teams that run a lot of the more RPO based stuff. He ready made power slot, willing to block, not overly fast, but is quick in short areas, gets himself free. Um, I worry about his age because I feel like there's some more to his game that we didn't see because of the Ole Miss offensive system, but he just, he wasn't asked to do a whole lot outside of block here and there and then run like quick hitting routes because of the RPO system. Um, I really like his mentality. He's a competitor on field. I think you might be able to get something nice out of him in the late rounds, maybe even undrafted, depending on how the, the draft falls. But I think that's about all the time we got for today. Um, Jacob, tell the folks where, where can they find your lovely t- Twitter at? <laughs> Yeah, so y'all Twitter at Jacob Infante24. Uh, these next few days are going to be chalk. And yeah, that's where you guys can find me. My draft guides, my pin tweet. So make sure to check that out if you haven't already. And yeah, that's where y'all can find yeah. me.
get his draft guide, fellas. He's got 473,000 prospects in there. Um, you can find me on the Bird app at Dan Meehan. The number's 90 after it, last name spelled M double E as in Edward H A N as in Nicholas. The number's 90. I think we kind of killed that today, Jacob. Yeah, let's, that felt good. let's get out of here. We'll boogie. As always, DraftCast listeners, hit us up on there. Let us know how dumb we are, how smart you think we are. If you just want to straight up dunk on us because of how we look, it doesn't matter to me. That's all the time we got for today. It's draft week. Let's go. Let's go.